This is the Red Debate and this is the Red Debate title special. It's Chris here and I just want to start by saying how happy I am to say those words, the title special. It's happened Reds, I'm joined by fellow co-host Tom Vergese and we're going to debate the title defining moments, our player of the year, the turning points of the season and our thoughts on the future. How are you Virg? Alright Smith. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm great. Title winners. I'm absolutely brilliant. I wasn't, you know, it was inevitable but the timing of which it yeah I didn't really expect it to play out like that I didn't expect Chelsea to beat City but as it unfolded it was superb uh, thoroughly enjoying things um, and I guess well yeah I, I was thinking about it and you and I started doing this just before Kiev didn't we really if you'd said to me that you know obviously that was 1718 that in 1890 we'd get nine, uh, 97 points come second to City, one of the best teams the league's ever seen, and win the Champions League, and then the following season you'll win the league. At this point, I would not have believed you. It's it's been an incredible journey, absolutely incredible. Yeah, I think um, never in our wildest dreams could we have guessed that when we started the podcast, here we'll be doing a well a title a title winning special, but also having done a, a Champions League winning special. Um, and we'll get on to what the title means to us later in the show, but we're going to start with our moments of the season. So uh, let's start with your favourite game. Um, obviously, there's been quite a few tight games over the course of the season, but what, what's your standout game? I've got I've got two here, really, mate, and I'm not going to go for... Well, I, I shan't spoil um, what I'm not going to go for, because it might well be one of yours. Obviously, you and I talk about every game if we're not watching together, but um, my... Uh, two favourite games. I'm going to start with probably my second favourite. It's probably actually the Palace win the other day. You know, uh, that was just we we were absolutely dominant. And uh, you know, after the faltering restart, not faltering, but the restart against Everton that didn't go as we'd hoped, it was brilliant to get back on the board with that victory against uh, Palace. But my 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 game of the season, Boxing Day, mate, Boxing Day at the King Power Stadium when we turned over Leicester. We thinking like. It's laughable now to think that back then people were talking about Brendan maybe coming to spoil Liverpool's title party. But Leicester were there or thereabouts around then, and they were considered sort of a close rival at that time. We went to their place and we absolutely smashed them. Uh, that that goal that Trent scores on the break, where he just hits the bottom left corner from the right corner of um, the box, is, is one of my favourite goals this season. I have to agree, mate. I also had um, Leicester on my list as well. Obviously, it was off the back of the, of the Club World Cup. Uh, championship and it was kind of the moment that I thought the title was ours um, that, yeah, as you said that was the one where everyone was kind of saying like Brendan's going to spoil the party but we demolished them didn't we but I, I also had on my list um, the beating of City 3-1 with Fabinho's wonder, wonder strike and I think it was those two results um, in amongst the other tight moments but it was those two that really cemented this team I think as a proper force that's here to stay um, and it wasn't just early season good form it was you know a fucking good team uh, and a personal favourite of mine as well just because the celebrations in the stadium were class uh, was the United 2-0 win um, but yeah agree Leicester 4-0 Boxing Day that was a superb moment because we were just seriously elite like way too good for them in that game and um, but if, if we move on then to favorite moment of the season um what's your favorite moment if we're looking outside of the game like a, an individual game context 
Oh, mate, yeah, definitely. The Man United game was incredible, wasn't it? I, I was actually in Melbourne for that one, so I was watching it at 7 o'clock in the morning. Uh, I was out visiting mates, so I had to watch it on my phone. Uh, on Luckily, some friends, excellent Wi-Fi out there. Cheers, Josh and uh, Yeah, the, the, to, to segue into the answer to this question, it's probably the Mo Salah shirt off, dying embers of the game, Alison Becker sprinting the whole length of the pitch, knee slide next to him. Mo Salah looking an absolute specimen of an athlete, just staring into the crowd. Those Salah sort of celebration moments, like against City a couple of years back in the Champions League, where he's just holding his arms up, they're iconic, absolutely iconic. The, and the, the Salah one against Man United is it's an incredible moment in football. Another one for me is actually, yeah, it's another celebration actually, but another one for me is, is back in September the win against Chelsea, Trent Alexander-Arnold's free kick, when he just does the, uh, I don't even know what that celebration is, but the weird V thing he does with his hands, I just, I loved that moment, because Trent was getting built up around then, and he just, he just delivers when questions get asked, get, get asked of him, Trent, doesn't he? Yeah, that's, that, that's the one for me, how about for yourself? So I've, I had like two things that I could think of here in particular, so one of them was Origi's performance in the derby, Um I just absolutely loved it and uh, obviously in the derby but you know I love the Divock Origi as well Deadly Divock um, what a moment but the main thing I think for me wasn't actually necessarily a playing point of view but one of the things I've taken away from the season and obviously this was like favourite moment of the season but it's almost like a culmination of, of things but is that it, neutrals have said to me what a good, good bunch of lads we've got and um from Lalana to Henderson, Mane, Ox, uh, Trent, Robbo, Millie, Virgil van Dijk, Joe Gomez, Gini Wijnaldum, Allison. Obviously, the list is pretty much en- endless. Even Adrian after winning the Super Cup, you know, we've got we've just got a great bunch of lads without an ego, and I think that really echoes what Klopp looks for in a player. That it's not just about talent. Um, it's about fitting in with the squad and, and the squad mentality. So there's loads of little moments. Um, well, across the whole season, really, even during lockdown, when you got like Ox doing his little Instagram things with Perry from Little Mix and stuff, I just love, love, love this squad, and that's what makes this team so special as well. I think, and why I couldn't be happier for for them as a squad to have become the first Liverpool team to to lift the Premier League. Um, the other one from a playing perspective for me was the Mane late winner at Villa Park, which was a really crucial moment of the season. Uh, he's been, well, he's been full of just stand-up moments throughout the season. But if, if we move on to turning points, um, obviously we've won the league, ended up winning the league at an absolute canter. But what do you think the main turning points of the season were? <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm going to go back and talk about the lockdown stuff, actually. I, I forgot about the off-the-pitch lockdown stuff. One of my favourite moments, and it, this is an incredibly small moment, but it's a moment I love. Do you remember when they were doing, on the LFC uh, social pages, they were doing the yoga with them all signed in? Do you, do you remember when, when uh, they were doing the thumbnail pictures in a grid-like fashion, and you could see who was logging on when? Uh, Jürgen Klopp just sort of passing comment on everyone's haircuts and stuff, talking about them arriving. Do you remember when Cater joined in and they were they were all going, Nabi lad, <laughs> Nabi lad. <laughs> I love that. I don't know why, it just really tickled me. But, um, but yeah. For my answer to that question, it goes back to, like, I've, you've heard other people say on other podcasts and just across 
fan-based discussions and so on, how in years to come, we'll look at this league victory and whatever margin we end up winning the league by, it'll be huge, as you say, we've won it at the counter. But the context that's embedded in this season is the fact that we've overcome Man City by a significant amount of points by the end, but we've overcome Man City who are, without doubt, one of the best teams. This is one of the best squads, or Man City squad is one of the best squads that the Premier League's ever seen. They were the Centurions, uh, they've got Pep Guardiola at the helm. In years to come, you know, let's say 20 years' time, you're telling your grandkids, or your, not grandkids, your kids, um, you know, about how great this season was. It'll look as though, when they look up the points totals, we were just by far and away the best team in the league. This Man City team is scintillating as well. Like, I know they've lost a lot of games now, but a, part, a huge part of that has been the psychological edge that you get from sustaining a lead and just being relentless and just winning games. And as you say about the Mane late winner, you know, we could quite easily have taken a point in that game and we would still have won the league, you know? But it, it's that psychological edge that probably heaps the pressure on City and makes them drop points where they wouldn't usually. So for me, a turning point goes back to an old Guardiola cut quote about how you can't win a league after eight games, but you can lose a league after eight games. And after eight games this season, we were played 8-1-8. They, had, um, they hadn't, I think they'd drawn one and lost two at that point after eight games. Um, so, you know, after eight games, we had an eight-point margin on them. Um, we had 24, and they had 16 points. For me, that was something you can look at and go, by Guardiola's own admission, City had probably mentally lost the league to us then not mathematically obviously but mentally it was that 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 was a huge point for me how about yourself yeah it's a good point um i kind of struggled to think of any turning points and i I say that because just because of the dominant nature of of this season i think um i think we will break the points record i think um we've obviously won the title the fastest ever in terms of number of games left um in the premier league uh, and we've been just a lot better than everyone else from the very start of the season. Um, the the main turning point, I guess you you would say, um, you alluded to it there, was, was Norwich beating City, which was huge. Um, it showed the fragility of the City team, and we never looked back, to be fair. And whether it was Leicester chasing us or City chasing us, the golf in class, particularly after we beat City, uh, and then thrash Leicester was 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 massive. Um, so not not too much for me to say there, to be honest, because it's just been one of those seasons where we've almost been faultless. There haven't really been turning points, and and I think a lot's been made out of like VAR being favourable to us. But there's loads of other moments where VAR's gone against us. I just think it's like the nature of a winning team that people pick about you know pick apart these little little things that seem to go your way and they do go your way like the other one I can think of is the Genie Wijnaldum goal where Dean Henderson who's been fantastic all season has a bit of a shocker and lets it through his legs uh, in the 1-0 win at Sheffield United those moments have definitely gone our way but would you call it a turning point probably not would we have won the uh, the title anyway almost certainly so um, moving on then uh, player of the season so go on give me your player of the season before I move on fully, you've picked out two moments that were quite amusing. We we actually ended up having to miss both of these games because of weddings or stag do. So do you remember we were we were at uh, Sammy Jones's wedding for the when Norwich beat City, 
and there was no signal where we were down in Bude, and we were getting Amy's brother, who's also a Liverpool fan, so the the um, the bride's brother, who's also a Liverpool fan, was running in. <laughs> he was running in every now and again, connecting to his mum and dad's Wi-Fi and bringing the scores back to us. Do you remember he kept bringing back the Norwich score? And we were like, oh, can they, can they, can they? And then Rodri scores at the end, and we were like, oh, cut all, maybe not, maybe not, maybe not. And then they do it. The, cele- the celebrations were quality. It was a, it was a good moment. But um, And then, obviously, the Henderson gaff. We were playing five a side for Graham's stag do <laughs> and we were hanging out of our skulls and we watched that game and Wijnaldum just wriggles on through Henderson it was good yeah I mean what a way to start a party at a wedding uh, and on the second one what a way to get over a hangover I remember it well I'd pied off football um, and was just sat in the bar nursing a, a coke <laughs> with you and everyone else was playing football and then that brightened up our day massively didn't it my player of the season is not so clear-cut because I think we've been absolutely phenomenal throughout. Uh, it's So many come to mind. I mean, Virgil van Dijk is probably the best defender we will ever watch play for Liverpool. Uh, and it feels mean to overlook van Dijk when discussing these things. Salah may well get his third consecutive golden boot and he's been our biggest goal threat. There was a point earlier on in the season, however, when it looked like Mane was carrying us. Henderson, I'll leave to you because I know you're going to say Jordan Henderson for this one. Um, but I think Alisson also has to get a mention. I mean, I know this is supposed to be a, a jubilant podcast where we talk about how great winning the league was. If Alisson didn't get injured, we'd probably still be in the Champions League as well, you know. But you've got to mention Alisson Becker. But for me, my player of the season is Trent Alexander-Arnold. It's the the scouser in our team. It just he just epitomises everything about being a professional, being a young lad chasing your dream. He's from the city. I just cannot wait to watch Trent and in the uh, you know the celebrations and in the parade. He he's he's become a truly world class operator um, from our academy. He's all of the all of the images on the internet of like uh, there was one today where um, I, I actually didn't know this, but Trent was a ball boy in the Gerard, famous or infamous Gerard Slip game. I didn't know that, but yeah, there was a photo of uh, Gerard slipping, and then it zooms in on Trent, who's a ball boy during that game, and then someone's made a graphic of Trent picking Gerard up, um, and he's holding the league title. It, it's just so symbolic of our journey, um, and Trent epitomises that so for me not not a usual answer but Trent Alexander-Arnold yeah I think that's a fair answer I mean the beauty of this squad is that there are so many to to choose from but you're absolutely right I am going to mention one name and it's Jordan Henderson and I say that because to any haters I'd point back to his red card against Man City in the Brendan Rodgers title challenge season and you might think why am I referencing that but that red card really did change everything that season and we just weren't the same in the last couple of games after and we spoke at the time I remember um, we were just saying how how massive that is for us Um, and again our only loss this season Watford no Jordan Henderson Um, he's a special player he really is and we've both been very defensive of him over the years He's had a lot of criticism, massively unfairly, I think, that you know he's carried that tag that he's a sideways passer and just a workhorse, which is a huge misperception for, for far too long. And in reality, he's always been a top-class footballer um, emerging from the shadow of Stevie G. But what he's become is one of the best leaders I've, I've ever seen in football. And if you just look at what his teammates have said about him in, in recent weeks, 
Um, look at his passing statistics, look at his statistics in terms of impact on the team. It's outstanding. And when you've got players like Virgil van Dijk saying, you know, he is the best captain he's played with, you need to start taking note. And he's so much more than just a sideways passer. And this ridiculous tag that he's had hanging over his head. Um, And I've never been happier for someone from a footballing perspective. Lifting the Champions League was special. Lifting the first Prem title this club has ever won will just put him into folklore. And I genuinely couldn't think of a better person for it to happen to. All of the shit that he's taken over the years. Um, So my player of the season is Jordan Henderson. I agree with you that he's probably not our best player of the season, but in terms of influence and what makes this team tick, and just the the mass like we go on about mentality monsters all the time. Well, that stems from Jordan Henderson. And no matter if we've spanked someone four nil or we've beaten someone one nil, he is the one who's getting in amongst the boys, saying like, it doesn't matter. The next game, it's back to nil nil. It doesn't matter if we're twenty points clear. It doesn't matter if we're five points clear. We go again, essentially, as Stevie G used to say. And that that task he had as well of, of taking over from Gerald as captain. Is monumental, and I think that's probably led into the narrative of him being a, a massive underachiever. But there's there's nothing underachieving about him now, and he can hold his head extremely high and go down forever now as one of the best Liverpool captains we've we've had. Um, and on that note, if we're looking towards the future, um, so so well, we're going to end with what the title means to, to each of us. But if we just look towards the future a little bit, I, I personally can't see many players leaving, uh, if any, apart from the obvious Lalana and a couple of the others. Obviously, Klein and that have, have uh, gone already. But the age of the squad is good. Um, I want Gini Wanaldum to commit to a long-term contract. Um, we've got great youngsters such as Curtis Jones and Nico Williams coming through. I think we'll be hard to beat next season. I really do. Um, and I say that as I was quite worried with Corona, it, depending on what would have happened with the season, with just the amount of effort that we've put in. To, if we hadn't have won the title, say the season was voided, um, I did worry that the, the mental impact on the players would be huge and some of them might think, like, we can't repeat this. But now we've done it and the season is going to finish. I really just think it will be on to the next season now. Um, what's your thoughts on the future? And, and who do you think are the biggest threats? Because I personally think United may well be a big threat in the future again. Yeah, mate. United looked really good last night, didn't they? Bruno is just looking every bit. They're a fantastic signing, actually. Um, I, I don't know about worrying about them as a direct rival to what we're doing, but it, it they could well be. Uh, well, I'd be stunned if they weren't running things closer than they ha- have done this year. Um, but it, in terms of what I see for next season, the, Jürgen put a brilliant quote out about saying how um, we're not going to be defending the title, um, we're going to be attacking. Uh, I can just it it fills everyone with such hope. I, I we're, we're the favourites next season, surely. I think the Afcon um, being shifted back to 2022 really helps us. I think, um, you know, in all being well from an injury front again, I, I think we're going to win the league again, mate. I, like, you know, every fan wants signings, but do we really... This is probably the most comfortable we've ever been. If if we did have to go into the season without any um, sort of obvious first-team signings, it wouldn't be looking as though, you know, we're not going to... There probably won't be any outgoings, 
significant ones anyway. Um, we'll probably bring some squad players in. Um, from everything you read, it doesn't sound like we're going to break the bank, but who knows? I I just can't see us not winning the league again. I really can't. We this we we've come back evidently quite well prepared for post lockdown. We've got a squad of hungry players. They'll all keep themselves fit. We'll be back fighting. It, who know, who knows what's going to happen with pre season? I don't really know. You know, do we know when the league's even going to start again? How long of a break they're going to get? Um, but I, I can only see our players coming back hungry uh, and and buoyed by obviously the success that they've just had. Like whenever the parade can happen, whenever the parade can happen, I'm I'm hoping it's before the start of next season because this you know the scenes from the Champions League parade were phenomenal and look at the spring that gave us to go into this season. I just I'm I'm so looking forward to next season um, with hope and belief really. Like very often it's just hope, but going into this season with belief it's or next season, sorry, with belief. I, I can't see any other outcome than it being us again, you know? It it would be nice next season, actually, to uh, challenge on several fronts. I mean, I know I know we did last season. We obviously win the Champions League and we come really close to winning the league as well, but it'd be good next season to have a good cup run. Um, like, you, you mentioned Harvey... Uh, sorry, you mentioned Curtis Jones and Nico Williams. You, did, you didn't mention Harvey or, or Kiana Herver, who all, all look like superb players. It would be good to see them be bedded in with the likes of Minamino, Cater and so on and perhaps Origi if he sticks around um, put, put together a good cup run we've had some unfortunate draws in the cups uh, in recent years but it, it, it'd be good to challenge on all fronts next season um, and we're starting to develop a squad of players that's as, as you mentioned earlier in the podcast it's, it's a really well united squad they're all highly likeable characters and they all play for the manager and they play for the supporters and that that's rung so true in everything that they've said about you know, they came out and Roberts and, and Milner were quite quick to say, like, this is for you, enjoy it. Um, we, like, we obviously, we've, we've enjoyed it, but you, you can just see that they love playing for this club. Um, as we said on our last podcast, everyone who comes to be a playing member of staff in this, at this club loves the place, loves the city, loves the club, but remains a Liverpool fan. Um, the, the, these boys absolutely love, love this. Like, you know, find me a title-winning squad of players that don't love it, but there's just harmony throughout this squad, like universally throughout this squad. It's really hard to see someone, maybe Jordan Zakiri, but you know, perhaps not. It's hard to see someone in this squad that doesn't absolutely love being part of it. Um, there have been some funny discussions around the likes of Lonergan and his career and what happened now that he's come here and he's just won everything that he could possibly win. <laughs> and people like Seth Vandenberg have come in and had the season. You know, it's, it's what a place to come and play your football and. Yeah, I think we'll win the league again next season, mate. There's been talks, isn't there, in recent days that City might well tie up Koulibaly from Napoli. He'd be like he—he's not that young, but he'd be a phenomenal signing. Um, and he'd be the replacement for company that they never quite got. Um, Koulibaly alongside Laporte, two, two of the best defenders that we've seen play against us uh, in recent years. Um, if, if City pick up Koulibaly, that'll be that'll be an interesting one. But you know, I, we're on the ascent, whereas I. I it kind of feels like City are on the descent. Um, obviously, they're descending from quite a high point, so there's still a quality squad and a quality side, but I, I can just see us maybe even getting better, as, as mad as that sounds. Maybe even, um, yeah. It, it, like, City, it'll, it, I can see it being Liverpool City top two. I can see the top four sort of emerging as more of a clear-cut top four with probably Chelsea and United joining um, the top four next season. But, but yeah, it, it, it's ours to... Not win. It is indeed, and that brings us nicely on to the final question. Get your tissues ready because this could get emotional. But 
what does the title mean to you? <laughs> yeah, the emotional one. Well, I mean, we're we're showing our age here, but the title we have waited almost literally our whole lives for the title. Uh, they last won it the the you know we were both born um, when they last won it, so we've waited our whole lives and. You know, obviously neither of us are from the city, but we've both got links. Um, as, as you know, my mum's a scouser, and I, I, I support Liverpool, really, because I had no choice growing up. My whole family are Liverpool fans, or mum's side of the family, anyway. Um, and, yeah, it, it's just, like, there's something about football. It's, it, trying to explain what football means to a non-football fan, it goes beyond just an allegiance in club. It, it extends to family, it extends to... You know, it, it, it's, more than, it's more than just a game, isn't it? it, it like... Uh, like like I said in the last one, I've got a new girlfriend who's not from a football family. She's open to the idea of football. When I'm trying to explain to her what this means, you can't you, like I can't explain it on a most on an emotional level without describing what it means on a family basis. Um, yeah, my my granddad who he he was part of the Liverpool boot room back in the day in his playing days. Um, he I mean he never appeared for the first team or anything, but he was involved in the setup. And he he passed away a couple of years ago. Um, and for me, like the Champions League last year um, made me feel this, but you know, winning the league this year, my my first thought really went to my granddad and just how I'd absolutely love to just have another cup of tea with him and just share with him the idea that you know his 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 last memories of Liverpool. Well, well, he he actually had Alzheimer's actually, in fact, and so towards the the end, he started to develop Alzheimer's around the time Klopp came in, you know. Um, and I'd, I'd I'd call him up every now and again, speak to him on the phone. Um, and as he started to lose his bearings a bit and lose his faculties a bit, I honestly used to just say to him at the end of the phone calls, like, you know, the Reds are looking good, things are looking on the up, <laughs> whether we were or not, just because he, he he was losing his memory, he didn't know either way. So it made him happy just to think that Liverpool were doing good and, and looking like having a bright future. But he obviously never got to see what we've gone on to become. I, I, I would just love to have had or to be able to have one last cup of tea with him in his front room in Norris Green and, and just tell him that the Reds are the absolute business again and his you know his beloved Liverpool are the best football team in the planet again. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, an amazing answer, to be fair. And um, I can only really echo what you've said, obviously. Yeah, as you're saying, like, we've both been dreaming of this moment for, for a long time. I shared on, on our social channels uh, recently picture of me as I must have been about eight uh, wearing the Tony Warner uh, David James goalkeeper shirt um, apparently I turned up for a smart occasion wearing full Liverpool kit so that was me as a youngster um, but from from Owen to Fowler to Alonso to Torres uh, to Suarez to, to Stevie G I just can't believe it hasn't happened before, to be honest, given the talent we've had in, in the team. But I think part of what you're saying, like that family feel and the importance of football to to everyone, um, just the city of Liverpool just, just love football as well, don't they? Which does make it a bit more special. And I'm sure plenty of other clubs will say that, but I think the club is quite unique. Um, we've endured a lot of failure and heartbreak over the years. Um I hate to say it, but obviously like things like the Gerrard slip just haven't happened to other clubs before. So to win in such style, breaking the record, um, it really is hard to put into words. Yeah, spot on, mate. It, it truly is a football city, isn't it, Liverpool? You just like you need to, you, you barely need to spend ten minutes there to realise that. Um, but <laughs> love the full kit wanker at the uh, at the formal event. One of, one of my colleagues actually, I I work for the NHS, so I work. Um, 
on an inpatient ward in a hospital and one of the life skills workers turned up, turned up in a full Liverpool tracksuit the day after we won the league. <laughs> Absolutely loved it. I'll have to, I'll have to share a picture of him um, in it. It's brilliant. But, but yeah, uh, what, what a ride it's been. What an absolute pleasure it's been to be a Liverpool fan in recent times. It has indeed, yeah. And uh, long may the good times continue under under Jurgen Klopp. And let's hope Henderson lifts a, lifts a few more trophies yet. You've been listening to The Red Debate. Follow us on our social channels at The Red Debate. And don't forget to subscribe, review and share the pod. Bye. <laughs>